Hey, it's Jen. I just I'm just popping on real quick before the episode. These next three episodes are a release of my email course. So if you wanted the video version, it is available until March 10th, 2023. After that point, though, this email course is going away. So the audio will still stay in the podcast, so you can still listen to it, but the video and the other resources that I talk about will not be available. So, and also I'm just previewing for next week. The podcast is ending. So I'll be starting a new podcast. It will be focused on something a little bit different, completely different than brain injury. So some of you might choose to listen to that one and I'll give you those details and kind of where to follow up with me if you'd like to after this. That will be in my closing episode, the final episode of the podcast. So certainly look out for that. But I did want to offer this resource. This is kind of my best stuff, what I've compiled after 10 years as working as a therapist in the brain injury community. And really, it's my gift to you. So I hope that you enjoy it. And I hope to hear from you. Just letting everyone know that I am not providing any more clinical services. So I'm not providing any more therapy. And I'm closing my clinical practice. I'm now working in another position. And so that is a big change on the podcast for me and also what I do uh, business-wise. However, I know that you still need resources and I'm hoping that you use this podcast as a resource for some of the things that we've talked about over the past year and a half. So let's get right to it. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the TBI Therapist Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Jen Blanchett, where we explore the heart of brain injury. Hey, everyone. It's Dr. Jen Blanchett. Thanks for joining me again. So this is part one in our email course. And what we're going to talk about today is why I'm so overwhelmed and what to do about it. So I wanted to take you back into time a little bit. So I think part of what we've all experienced in the pandemic is a collective trauma. I remember the early part of the pandemic where we were all looking for toilet paper and fresh fruit. And some of us were really scared to go to the store or really uh, unsure about what the next thing that would happen would be. I know we're in a different place now at the time of this recording. So I'm recording this in early of 2022. But I'm thinking back to that early 2020 period when we were really kind of scrambling and we were really in shock mode. And I think what was happening is our nervous systems were in a state of shock, much like what I talk with people about in their early phases of concussion recovery. They're still recovering from that really shocking and traumatic injury incident, the actual incident, if they remember it. And I think part of them is trying to navigate that through that nervous system that's already back in that time, like when we were pre-pandemic. I'll never forget this time I had with my son, who I think was three years old at the time. We were in Walmart and I saw this big display of Lysol cleaner. And I was like, I'm, I'm just going to get one can. Now that we know when that stuff went totally out of stock, 
that I should have just raked the whole, you know, shelf full of Lysol. I wouldn't have done that, but I, I think my mind thought back to how precious Lysol would be and now how ridiculous that seems since we've been through this part. But at that time, when we were in that panic mode, it really felt like it was life or death because we didn't know what would happen with this virus. We all weren't quite sure. So it often gives me a lot like this mirror for concussion and brain injury recovery that oftentimes we're in that state, that nervous system state of panic, of fight or flight. And we're not quite sure what our next move should be because our body is really motivating things. It's driving the train, as I like to say. One of my favorite quotes about trauma is from Mike Tyson. So everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face. So we all thought we had a plan for coronavirus and no one's plan worked out as far as I can tell. And similarly with concussion recovery, I think a lot of people think, okay, the doctor told me by 30 days, I'm going to be better, that this isn't something that I'm going to have to worry about, that most people do get better because most people do get better. So your doctor really was telling you good information because the majority of people really do get better, but some don't. And a lot of times they don't get help for what they need in that time. So moving on, let's talk a little bit about polyvagal theory. So polyvagal theory really has informed my practice more than anything has. Most things, I would say. So what is polyvagal theory? It's understanding that the vagus nerve, which starts in our brain, and it travels all the way down to our stomach. So I don't have the picture of all the vagus nerve here. But as you can see, you can see all the different connections, lungs, heart, and then down into the body, into the gut. So that's why a lot of folks with trauma, with anxiety, tell me, I feel it in my stomach or my heart is racing because it's implicated throughout our nervous system. All right. So some polyvagal responses and poly is just many, the vagus nerve, because it has many connections. So we have three basic responses that happen. So the stop is our parasympathetic nervous system. So we have two chains to our autonomic nervous system, the parasympathetic and the sympathetic. So the parasympathetic will basically slow us down. The sympathetic ramps us up. But I also like to think of the stoplight model of our nervous system because it's really helpful. So our parasympathetic basically shuts us down. So I think we've all seen people, and we'll look at the slide for this, when they're completely shut down. And you might have noticed this in your concussion recovery that there's just nothing you can do. You'll stay shut down. The yellow is the gas pedal. That's our sympathetic nervous system. That's our defenses are up, our fight or flight. We have energy in our body with sympathetic energy. So right now I have a little sympathetic on board because I'm talking with you. And the green zone is parasympathetic, but it's safe and social. So I think safe to go, play, rest, digest. So let's walk through each one. So our freeze response. So our dorsal vagal, that's 
the parasympathetic for overwhelm, shutdown, freeze, immobility, fuel storage goes down, endorphins, we're kind of numbed out. We have a decrease in the heartbeat, blood pressure, attunement to the human voice. So we don't, we're not really even attuning to someone's voice. We're really shut down. Immune response goes down. Digestion stops. So if we look at this animal, if you're looking at this slide, the animal is in that belly up position. It's pretending to be dead. So it's not attacked. And that's a survival instinct. And I think a lot of folks after a concussion or a brain injury, they get them on themselves for pushing themselves too hard. Oh, I just had to lay down for four hours after that. That really wasn't your choice. That is your body taking over. Your nervous system is preserving itself. It's conserving energy because basically it felt like you were in threat. So I think if we think through the nervous system a little bit more and take the blame and shame out of, hey, this just happened to me, I really need to think about, okay, my body needs this. My nervous system needs this today based on my activities. Okay. So sympathetic nervous system is your fight or flight system. You're hitting the gas pedal. So it's like, we're going through that, that yellow light. I'm going, I'm going, I'm going. And Stephen Poor just developed this term. It's called neurocepting for danger. So and I always do the grocery store example because I think most brain injury survivors who struggle in the grocery store can understand this. It feels like the grocery store is threatening. It feels as if we are in danger because those are the messages that our body is giving us. So our body is, is, is increasing our heart rate. Our pupils are dilated. Blood pressure is up. Our fuel availability is up. So the body is prepared for movement. And that's why I think a lot of times we're very triggered and don't realize what is happening in the nervous system. So in that mode, we have decreased digestion, salivation, and relational ability. So I think a lot of my folks will resonate with feeling like, don't talk to me right now. There's too much information, too much going in. And so we're really in that mode trying to get to safety, either running or um, fighting. Most of the time, that's going to be a flight situation, but sometimes you can get angry. You can get agitated because things are overwhelming or you feel like you are being threatened. So our social engagement system is our parasympathetic in a ventral vagal state. So the cranial nerve, so it's going upward. Our cranial nerve is kind of implicated here because we're able to play, connect, be present, digest. And in this state, we hear prosody in the voice. That's a natural rise and fall in the voice. We have the ability to connect to other people. I think about the soft gaze, like in this picture, there's a mom gazing with her baby. And as a mom, I can kind of think through that moment with my child and soft gazing. I often do it with my dog too. So if you're an animal lover, you know, think about the way you look at your favorite pet when they're doing something cute, that nice soft eye gaze. Okay. Yes. 
Moving on. So why or what are some reasons why we get stuck in a stress cycle after concussion? So there's many reasons, and I'll talk about those briefly. So some is chronic stress. So a concussion can lead to slower processing and difficulty with interpreting danger cues. So I would like to give this example. I live in Maine in the U.S., and when there's a bear that's chasing after you for a long period of time, we're just trying to be safe. We're, we're, not, we're not trying to do anything else. And I think with concussion, the chronic stress of recovery or not uh, being able to do the things you used to do is a constant stressor. So if we're in a constant stress state, then our, our nervous system is not reaching that safe and social very often. It's also not doing a dance between sympathetic and parasympathetic. So we're not resting. We're not then able to toggle between being able to, you know, if we need to, like we're driving a car and we need to move the wheel, we can do that and then go, whew, we, we, we did that. We're safe and everything's okay. What happens in concussion and re-injury is our sympathetic stays elevated. We're not able to come back down. All right. Previous ways of completing the stress cycle can cause more short-term problems. So let me let me unpack that. So we need to be able to complete the stress cycle. So when we have stress, let's take the bear example. We were in the woods and a bear chased us. And we ran, 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 again, moving our body, completing the stress cycle. And then we were able to get to safety or someone helped us fight off the bear and the bear went away. Maybe they did like a big go away bear thing. <laughs> and we were, and then we were safe. So one of the biggest ways to move through the stress cycle is physical exercise. And a lot of folks either were told to rest or they have some exercise intolerance and haven't worked through that intolerance with a professional. So they may not be able to complete their stress cycle because they're not engaging in exercise like they had before. Many times folks don't want to bring attention to their symptoms. So instead of saying I'm overwhelmed or I don't understand what you're saying, you're keeping that feeling inside to draw attention away from your concussion symptoms or brain injury symptoms. So because it's, you know, if you don't know somebody, you're not going to like go into this five minute conversation about, yeah, I had a brain injury and uh, sometimes, because people don't get it, right? So you're not going to start that whole conversation with somebody all the time when you don't get something. Inactivity. So being away from things that help us feel better, like acquaintances. There's really good research on how acquaintances, like seeing people at the store, for example, and other social relationships might be missing. I think the pandemic really taught all of us that, that by not having our typical social relationships, even if they were an acquaintance or like, you know, fellow parents, I would see at pickup, we went to picking up kids in a line and not even seeing other families. It really felt isolating. And so there's that layer of the pandemic isolation and then concussional isolation or brain injury isolation where folks have been away from work, they've been away from family members, et cetera. And briefly, I'm just very briefly, I'm just giving you three ways to complete the stress cycle. This is not comprehensive. So, you know, in my programs, I go over deep dives into all of this. 
But one of the best ways, I'll tell you the best way right now is physical activity, physical exercise. So aerobic activity has been linked to lowering inflammation, to increasing blood flow, and really is some of the best medicine for concussion and brain injury. So if you have intolerance, I always recommend someone going to see a PT who understands concussion and can help you through that exercise intolerance piece. Laughter. So we co-regulate together and find ways to find humor. And that's so important. So finding someone you can enjoy a laugh with, you can enjoy something funny with, maybe it's your your best friend from the past and you had all kinds of shenanigans in your youth, call them up, have them tell you a funny story. Or Seinfeld. I often say, hey, just watch Seinfeld, watch something silly. Um, or Big Bang Theory is another one that I often prescribe. Affection. So this is a big one. So a six second kiss or a 20 second hug. And the hugs can be an animal. So I would say you can certainly hug your pet if you are a single person. And if not, then hopefully there's someone in your life who you can get a nice warm hug from. So those are just some brief ideas for how to complete the stress cycle. I know I didn't go into this into depth, but if you want to hear more, certainly, you know, let me know. I can certainly talk about this on a podcast episode in depth if you are interested in more of this. And I'll leave you with a quote. To heal is to touch with love that we, which I'm starting over. (laughs) To heal is to touch with love that which we previously touched with fear. And that's Stephen Levine, who is a trauma researcher. So be well, my brain injury survivors. I will talk with you soon. Thank you for joining us today on the TBI Therapist Podcast. Please visit tbitherapist.com for more information on brain injury, concussion, and mental health. The information shared on today's podcast is intended to provide information, awareness, and discussion on the topic. It is not clinical or medical advice. If you need mental health or medical advice, please seek a professional. 